Welcome to the Max Finance Podcast, where a certified financial planner and personal finance geek discuss how to make intentional financial decisions that maximize your money and achieve your goals. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Max Finance Podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be chatting through the second part in our debt series, this uh, this time focusing primarily on the strategy and selecting which debt item, uh, if there are multiple debt uh, debts on the balance sheet there, to focus to pay down, uh, what, what sort of strategies you can think about. Um, last time we had talked about good versus bad debt. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, so this is uh, more about the practical logistical action items to, to delve into and, and focus on. Um, I think as we'll chat through, there'll be a lot of um, uh, elements of psychology in addition to just the hard facts and numbers around everything too. So uh, with that as the backdrop, Lauren, uh, anything else that you have to maybe set the scene for this conversation? Not, not really in particular. I think, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to helping people who, who have debt pay it off so they, they can get to start investing. So let's let's dive in there. So uh, last time we had talked about good versus bad debt, and and I think you could be on a spectrum. And, and we we walked through uh, an example of, of a car purchase and how uh, that can run the, the the spectrum of being a need to get to your job to earn income. Um, obviously, that's more traditional. I mean, in this uh, kind of pandemic world that we're in, at the recording of this episode. Maybe folks can work more remotely at this point, so maybe there, there's less of a need there. But uh, in theory, uh, most folks in most cities might will need a car, and so uh, we talk through um, uh, how that could quickly become more of a nice to have and uh, kind of run uh, a little higher than than uh, the need category uh, warrants. So um, we could start there. Uh, I, I know, yeah, auto loan is uh, pretty pretty typical on a lot of the clients that I see, and and uh, in terms of of how much they may owe, um, and and then kind of build on from there. I think. Um, let, let's start. Let's maybe this type. I'll throw this hypothetical out there. Let's say you've got somebody, uh, maybe a friend or colleague, who's got uh, an auto loan that's I don't know. Let's call it thirty thousand dollars at four percent interest rate, um, and maybe they pay off their credit cards every month, and that's really the only item there. Is there a need at this point in your mind to prioritize paying that down? I guess the question to me is. If you don't pay it down, what would you do with the kind of whatever kind of excess cash that you have, whatever kind of money you have left over at the end of the month after you know paying your expenses and taxes and things like that? So I think it's just about you know what would you, what what is the best use of of your money? And so um, yeah, four percent is not particularly high, so I don't know that I would like you know change my lifestyle drastically to to pay that off, um, but I think. If you, I, I don't know that I would necessarily inv, invest a lot of money first without paying that off. I mean, I think we talked about in prior episodes about some investments are maybe you should prioritize them first. Things like um, any kind of employer match to a 401k, um, kind of getting free money there. Um, so those types of things you might want to do first. But yeah, I think it really just depends on like, uh, you know, what would you do with the money? Uh, uh, 
otherwise. And certainly if you have multiple types of loans, that's when I think this becomes more important to be a little bit strategic about which ones you pay off, uh, which ones you pay off first so that you're kind of, hopefully, I think, re reducing the total amount of money that you, you spend in kind of interest um, overall. Mm -hmm. And important to point out uh, throughout all of this, uh, our advocacy is always to pay the minimum related to whatever debt item that you may have. Um, the, the, the question really lies in, do you accelerate and pay even more beyond that uh, to, to get that down and, and reduce the overall interest that you pay? So um, I agree with you with regard to kind of looking at it from an investment framework, an opportunity cost framework, and understanding how much you might be earning. Um, would would uh, a subtle nuance here, and I'm curious your thoughts on this one, and then we can add a little bit more to this example that may help uh, folks uh, in terms of wrapping their head around some of these strategies. Um, if, if if the market is at the market, broadly speaking, the stock market, the U.S. market, the, the S&P 500, the biggest 500 companies in the U.S., if that is at near or all-time highs, uh, does that change or sway uh, your thought process at all, or again, you're looking at this from a long-term perspective and not um, not too worried about exactly what the day-to-day -day of the market's doing. I think it should be the latter. Yeah, I don't think um, what the stock market is doing should really um, influence investment choices or whether you choose to invest versus paying off debt. Um, I, I do recognize, I mean, we talked about, and actually the last episode about, you know, sometimes it can be advantageous to, to take out a loan, you know, if the interest rate is really low. Um, and especially if potentially it's lower than kind of expected inflation. So in that way, maybe paying attention to what the market and what the inflation is. Um, but I think uh, thinking about like the price of, of equities and having that determine if you're going to invest in the stock market or not, I think generally we would say, that's we don't recommend that. That's sort of timing the market, and that's not something that I think um, people can can do with any kind of um, consistency. Consistency. So yeah, I don't think we should try that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree there. Totally agree. So let's lay over. Uh, let's layer in some um, some additional uh, debt items. So let's say uh, well, and then the other thing before we jump to that scenario would be um, uh, somebody that's earning, say, $100,000 versus that has that $30,000, somebody that ha is earning $50,000 that has that $30,000. I mean, those are two different situations. And so right. um, uh, one may be more prudent than another to pay off more quickly or, uh, yeah, I don't just throw this out here, like, you know, and then move on. But like, uh, should somebody who's making $50,000 be, be owning a $30,000 car? That's, that's a great question. I think, you know, I said earlier, it doesn't necessarily require something drastic. I think you're right. You should consider the, the, the income that you have and kind of how long you expect it to take to, to pay it off. Because, yeah, if you're, you know, if it's if you expect it's going to take, you know, a year or two or three of, of all of your excess cash going right into this and it's still going to take that long. Well, you know, that's years until that you might be able to have money free up for investment. So I think in that situation, you know, maybe consider selling the car like what you know with the auto loan the, the good news is i think uh there is some asset that you have uh for that loan same for a, a home loan obviously there's there's fees for for selling and you probably not get, you may not you know get back exactly what you paid for it um but you have something that you can you can get out of it if you want right and you can buy a car that's 
$10,000 that gets you from A to B perfectly fine and reasonably safe, right? Um, so that is definitely an option for an auto loan and, and even a home loan, but not obviously an option for a student loan or um, probably not so much for credit card debt. You know, it's stuff that you buy with a credit card just kind of you probably can't make a lot of money trying to sell it back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. So let's say you've got, um, maybe you're in the hundred thousand dollar camp. Um, and there are th- this, obviously all of this really, the first step is I would say understanding how much you have to go towards either investing or paying down debt or what, you know, other savings. Um, that that really is is a is a, is a super important place to be and understanding to be. Uh, there definitely can be fluctuate. I see this all the time with clients. There's fluctuations during the year. It's not like there's just one level spend. Typically, there could be you know maybe holiday season. There's going to be a little bit more spend. Um, you know, there's maybe there's travel. Um, but the in an ideal world to get to a spot where you know at least with some rough understanding of this is how much something's going to cost. And I want to be a little bit, instead of reactive and paying down debt, let's try to be a little bit more proactive and setting aside X amount. Um, it's amazing, uh, you know, how many different ways, like if you get some maybe bonus payment, as an example, for for an annual bonus for from your job, um, I know some people, it's like they've already got it mentally spent or, or maybe already have it spent um, and, and or, or feel like there's so many... You know, if you're getting, say, I'm just throwing this number out here, $10,000 as, as a bonus, you know, and, and you've already sp- spent that many different ways, whether trip or car or whatever, uh, that, that can be a tough, tough spot to be in. So trying to, and it requires, I, I, I believe, a lot of discipline to get to this spot for, for some folks. Other folks, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm making a good amount and I'm not like overextending myself and I'm not, you know, being too materialistic in, in things and, and wanting to make sure I have the latest and greatest and keeping up with the Joneses and so forth um, to, to, to get to that spot of, of um, there is, there is some surplus and it's, I'm not living hand to mouth. Yeah. I think it goes back to, I think we talked about uh, maybe one of the earlier episodes um, about setting goals and figuring out what, what, uh, what your goals are. And um, I think we talked about that in yeah, episode four. And so I think you just need to consider, you know, spend some time figuring out what your goals are and think about, for instance, if you have an auto loan or, or if you have some sort of, uh, of loan and obligation that, you know, is not completely fixed in the way that you, you can, you know, undo it, you can um, sell the car, pay off the loan. I think you just need to consider whether or not um, you'd be able to achieve your goals with, with this obligation. And if you can, then I, I don't think there's anything wrong or right. It's really just up to to, to you if, if it's worth, you know, delaying your goals by however much time it takes you to kind of pay that off. Um, but I think, you know, for many people who don't really have a, don't spend um, the conscious effort to, to develop those goals. And so therefore, you know, they don't have a kind of a pers- perspective of whether or not this loan is going to severely impact their the achievement of those goals or not. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, having those targets, those milestones, um, things to shoot for. Uh, it's hard to know if you're on track if you don't have those goalposts. So, uh, yeah, totally agree there. Um, okay, so let's let's set up the situation where somebody's got that auto loan, thirty thousand four percent. Somebody also has um, a couple of credit cards that they have. Maybe holidays, uh, maybe travel, whatever it was that uh, incurred these expenses. Um, 
let's say the uh, with credit card of course it's a variable rate typically so we're talking maybe anywhere from let's call it 18 percent on one and you've got maybe ten thousand dollar balance there and uh, maybe a five thousand dollar balance and it's uh 24 percent uh let's say so um yeah without trying to create this very complex uh, case study here <laughs> uh what what say you in, in in that in terms of hey there's there maybe there is some surplus dollars where should they be what what sort of strategies do you think about uh, conceptually about uh, trying to tackle those yeah you mentioned um you know making the minimum payment on each loan i want to reiterate that that's really important right um because you don't want to be uh, late making payments or kind of default on a loan because that would have a large impact to your credit score which would severely impact your ability to get a loan um in the future or or it would just uh significantly increase the cost of that loan so definitely really important to make sure that you're making the minimum payment on all your credit cards auto loans home loans student loans so that's kind of the first thing is making sure that you do that and then beyond that you know i think of it mostly as kind of a function of the interest rate um but i'm open to hearing what you think if there's anything else that should be considered but i mean certainly if you know you have a credit card debt that's at 20 percent interest rate and you know the rest of your loans are probably a lot lower than that you know five to maybe ten percent you know even at 10 would be really high that might be like a private student loan but even then that's pretty high so you know um i, I think i would focus on on interest rate um and um yeah, I think the, the last thing I would say is we talked about, uh, you know, net worth tracking um, and, and kind of how to do that. Um, I think that was in episode nine about tools for net worth tracking. And I think that is a really powerful way to visualize your progress paying off your, your loans and help you know, motivate you in, in seeing your net worth increase from a large negative number to hopefully a smaller and smaller negative number and eventually a, a positive number or the impact of paying off loans, um, you know, has the same impact uh, to your net worth as obviously in investing, right? It's, if you're not spending it um, and it's going to to paying off a loan, it's reducing those that negative balance and so it's increasing your net worth. So I think just tracking that regularly and, and seeing your progress over time, I think that's a really good motivating way to help you kind of stick to whatever kind of plan you come up with when you get that bonus or you, you have excess cash at the end of the month. Yeah, and so I, I, the way I think, I like the way uh, you're, you're thinking about it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, mathematically just looking at the interest rates. So, uh, two, two broad area like strategies that have, have been touted. Um, I, I think they're. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's any other names for them, but the the most uh, recognizable is the either the avalanche method or the snowball method of, of paying down debt. Um, avalanche method is the one where we look at the highest interest rate and we start to pay that pay that down well well like you said with the assumption that we are paying out the minimums on everything else um so in that scenario uh you would pay down the five thousand dollar balance that has a 24 percent interest rate first uh then say the ten thousand dollar that's got the uh, 18 percent uh, balance versus the the thirty thousand uh and four percent auto loan so um uh, now, just happens to be in this this same example that uh, the smallest balance also is the highest interest rate. But on the snowball method, that's the one where we're paying the the lowest balance first. We're trying to get some momentum, some psychology around that. Um, and I, I think that that is uh, now mathematically not the the most optimal way of paying down debt. But getting from a psychological perspective, getting the ball rolling and building that momentum, I think is so critical and huge, especially for folks who um, just can't see a path forward. And uh, maybe they've just got a, a laundry list of, of items that sure. 
you know, could be here, there or otherwise. Uh, otherwise. So, um, yeah, thoughts, thoughts on that and on not necessarily taking the most optimal financial path, but, uh, you know, there's that satisfaction of, okay, Hey, I paid that down. Even if it was, even if it was $200 balance and it was you know mm-hmm. something that you owed for, I don't know, store card or something, got that. Now you can move on to the next. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the value in that, especially if these loans are kind of weighing on you a lot, you know, being able to completely eliminate one of them, not having to keep track of it, no longer having to remember or to make the minimum payment on that, right? So I, I can see that. I think, you know, it's important that people recognize what they're capable of and if, and if or, you know, what is going to help them stick to the plan or continue to make progress. And if that's something that someone feels is strongly about that will help them uh, make progress consistently, then I think that's fine. Um, certainly would still encourage them to to aim for the high interest ones first, especially if there's a large difference between, you know, some of the interest rates. But um, yeah, I don't think there's anything like wrong with it. It's just people have to do what um, they need to do. And, you know, obviously the flip side is if, if they're not able to really make any progress, then that's obviously that's the worst outcome and stuff. So if it if it's if picking a small balance and just kind of working towards that and paying that off and building some confidence momentum helps you, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about refinancing. Um, yeah. I I often you know I'm I'm painting broad strokes here, um, but but there seems to be some themes in the folks that I talk to who are heavier on the debt side than, than just investments and asset side. And so, um, there, especially with how our, uh, you know, not, not, to, not to blow this up out of proportion, but I mean, the amount of money spent to get folks to spend money they don't have in marketing dollars, banks, and, uh, how easy it is to say, get a credit card versus getting a, a home or, or, uh, any other sort of more productive line of, of credit or good debt. Um, it, it, it can be, it can be easy to think, um, oh, okay, there, there could be, you know, like the old, uh, just give me something for the, the short-term pain from a, from a health perspective. Let me just take something from a, a pill or whatever. Uh, and then, and then we could focus on the, the, the more underlying structural, challenges that there may be, which is maybe spending beyond means at the moment. And so mm-hmm. that, that really, in most cases, is the most important place to start and, and understand, okay, realistically, how much can I set aside beyond my minimums? Um, but but there, I, I bring all that up because of the refinancing. I, I see that as a shot in the arm at a very specific point in time um, where, uh, for example, on the credit card debt side, let's again, that $5,000 balance, $10,000 balance at 24 and at the 18%, um, maybe you could, maybe you still have the good credit, uh, you know, maybe it's mid 600s or, or higher, maybe into the 700s or something like that. Um, well, you probably argue that that's not necessarily good credit, but enough credit to obtain a personal loan uh, where you can go out to uh, a lender and get, let's say, a, I don't know, a 14% uh, interest rate, fixed interest rate, um, so that you're now uh, getting out of the variable rates. Uh, you're, you've, you've got a much lower rate, and, and let's say you're able to refinance that at fifteen thousand um, dollars. Now, the the challenge that I have seen in the past is some folks uh, have done that, or or maybe haven't done that, but they still haven't fixed the underlying problems. Um, so I think you'd agree that 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 
mathematically would, would be a good option. Uh, there's also the ability to do um, um, balance transfers. I know some yep. cards allow you to, to open those cards up and then for an introductory period of time, maybe they've got 0% interest. Um, if they charge you, maybe it's 3 or 4 or 5% or something like that initially on the dollars that you're transferring over right. so that they still get paid. Um, oftentimes, I see those as drawer cards is what I call them and those are the ones that you're not going to necessarily be using uh, when you get out of the situation. Uh, and so you just probably leave them in the drawer and, and you know, they may end up closing in on themselves just because you haven't used them. Um, but I, I think there's some easy wins. I guess the, the point of all of that uh, rant there is that I think there are some easy wins, especially in this interest rate environment where you can refinance to a lower rate, a fixed rate. Um, but again, again, the most important thing is to, while you're doing that, you're simultaneously putting in the work uh, on the underlying side to, to not snowball and get it yourself into debt. It's more debt. Yeah, and I, I agree. We kind of assumed that there was, you know, a uh, free cash flow at the end of the month to to, to actually make progress on uh, these loans. And so we uh, talk about that in episode three. I think how to kind of live your below your beans so you have money available to either invest or or pay off loans or obviously make progress towards your goals. Um, and on the refinancing side, I think it's absolutely a great um, option and solution. I think you just have to, you know, consider the what is the interest rate of the loans that you have right now and, and what is the potential interest rate and as well as like fees that involved of of getting a new loan um, to pay it off. So, yeah, just to kind of clarify, refinancing is really just taking out a, another loan and using that that loan amount that you receive to pay off another uh, higher interest loan. Um, and so that can obviously it's maybe more of a common term within kind of home home mortgages you can refinance when interest rates are low um i think for credit cards yeah something like you mentioned a balance transfer can be a good option a lot of well you can sometimes find credit cards that will give you a zero percent interest for maybe 12 months or something like that um and then it goes up to some interest rate um and yeah there's usually like a small fixed fee that goes along with that so that yeah that can really help i think and i think that's a very valid solution that can be that can be that should be considered um and i think going back to we talked about why it's important to, to make your minimum payments so that you keep your um credit score as good of shape you can because i would imagine that you know the the interest rates you're going to be offered um when trying to refinance these loans are contingent on your credit score so i think again keeping make sure you make minimum payments and um keeping a high credit score as much as possible is going to be advantageous and always you know save you money in the long run Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. A couple of places to look at to refinance, uh, to, to check rates. Uh, Nerd Wallet is a really good resource for a number of different things, but uh, they do a good job of keeping current of who are the, the lenders that have the lowest rates um, and they rate them. Um, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, they have to get paid. So they likely get paid by by the uh, if you do end up going through one of them but uh, at least you there's one spot you could go to to kind of see where folks are at uh, and the potential fees um when it, uh, when it relates to personal loan they're typically like a really large range so again like you say that's really dependent on your uh, credit score um bank rates another one that uh, folks probably are familiar with uh, i've seen if you just google either of those you'll be able to get to that um on the on the home purchase or home refinance side that's a uh, obviously a much uh, more involved calculation than sort of simple how much debt am i in and do i need to get you know credit card wise um 
and do I need to refinance? But uh, Zillow does a good job there of, uh, in addition to the other two, in terms of what the rates are. Um, at the time of this recording, uh, there is higher inflation. Uh, the Fed has said that they're interested in raising rates uh, to combat that inflation. And so that will have a reverberate, reverberating effect throughout the uh, loan and uh, fixed income world. And so likely will mean that rates are on the rise here. So, um, that, that said, just always look at where you're at and where you could go. And, and uh, again, understanding. Um, the other thing I'll point out, too, is I think it's worth uh, having an accountability partner. Um, and hmm. to the extent you're able to be and celebrate these wins, because this is something that's not necessarily um, fun paying this off. If you if you especially if you spent beyond your means and 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 cutting that back i mean that is challenging in and of itself mentally um and then getting to a point where you're celebrating your milestones with somebody i think is so huge so that they can help you keep accountable and you're not uh, continuing to, to spiral um i'm painting a very specific person i guess in in all of this and and so uh, we could then shift to i think somebody else which maybe maybe just got out of college and you have a lot of student loans um but you know you want to You've got goals like everybody else want to buy a home and, and want to move up in your career and and uh, retire and so forth. So maybe we shift over to the student loan side of things as well and see if there's anything that may differ um, in that relation to uh, consumer debt, uh, credit and auto loan type stuff. Um, sure. Yeah. I, mean, I think before, before before we do that, I really like the idea of having a having someone to kind of help you keep accountable, um, someone to you know share your wins with. And I think, you know, Money and especially debt is probably a topic that people often don't talk about at all, probably have a lot of kind of shame and embarrassment around. Um, but a lot of people have some sort of debt, you know, and I think um, sharing that with, with someone that you trust that can help you, motivate you, and can kind of, yeah, keep you and give you feedback and, and, and help push you to, to continue to make progress, I think can be really, really valuable. Um, so I think that's a great idea. Kind of like, uh, I guess people talk about that for maybe starting a diet or something like that, or just any type of thing that you, you know, if you have a new year's goal for it, just yeah, telling people about it, I think can, can really help you, uh, help achieve that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Try it. Just, I, I don't, I, you know, try to get some, some base hits and, and not try to swing for the fences. There's no, um, yeah, you know, with a, with a fad diet, it could be something that you don't necessarily, uh, stick with. So just, just making that important step of making some change. And, uh, you know, even if you're way over the, the spending threshold, you know, just trying to find a hey, $50 here, $20 here, whatever, it will add up. Um, and you'll likely realize that uh, some of these items may not necessarily drive the long-term value uh, in your life as well. So a lot of psychology behind all that. So, um, Great. So on the student loan side of things, uh, you know, for those who, who, who got a professional degree or, or you know, are medic, medical in the medical field uh, and, and they're staring at a six figure loan balance. Do you, do you have any, uh, you don't have to call them out, but do, uh, do you have folks that you know in your network that have kind of gotten through stuff like that or? Um. And it's okay. No, I don't know. I, I yeah. yeah. And again, it's kind of one of these things where it's, uh, people don't often share this information. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I can't say that I have anyone particular, particular in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's interesting in my field. Uh, if, well, 
uh, the, the, the thought process, uh, not, not the blanket statement, of course, might be, hey, I have worked so hard for so long and I'm finally earning this money. I want to raise my lifestyle up to mm. where it should be and keep up with my peer group or or show everybody else that I, you know, basically live in on on crumbs and now I can finally go out and, and, and do the things that I want to do. And so there's a tendency that that uh, versus uh, and that same thing could happen for those who are in, in you know, lawyers as well. But um, it's it's uh, it's so hard to walk back. And the thing I was thinking about ahead of this uh, podcast, this episode before um, now, this may not relate to I, I have not done this myself, but I know folks who fly uh, first class or mm-hmm. business class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they try that out and then maybe they, you know, previously were just flying economy. Um, I've only been bumped up once, uh, to, uh, business or not business, uh, premium economy even. So, <laughs> uh, that, that was crazy just to have a cook, you know, a few more inches of leg room, um, and, and so forth. So, uh, but, but I guess that's kind of the, the mentality that I think folks can have, um, well, you know, it's so hard to walk back. I mean, sure. this, not, not, not just on doctors or lawyers, but also if you're getting that raise, that lifestyle creep, um, it's, it, this particular episode ties so well with just living above or below your means. Um, so it, it's, it's a, it's a tough mentality so that basically if you were able to put in the automation of, uh, Hey, I know how much I want to put towards my debt. Um, I, let me just make these automatic payments and come out every time I'm paid. Uh, much like if you're putting money away to 401k, it doesn't even hit the bank account. There's no temptation right. there. So I yeah, think automation is, I think really key, right? Not having to make a conscious decision at the end of every month. Okay. Am I going to invest money? How much am I going to invest? But yeah, when that paycheck comes just automatically, you know, having a transfer to your, you know, IRA or to your 401k before it even comes is definitely a great way to ensure that you're putting money aside. Yeah. And, and so going back to the student loan side of things, um, there are a lot of different complexities within that realm that, um, at least as of the time of this recording, if you have federal student loans, those have been uh, sort of in this forbearance period uh, because mm-hmm. of the COVID pandemic. And mm-hmm. so um, originally it was like the end of January, I think, and, and they've extended it to the beginning of May of 2022. And so uh, who knows if that will be renewed or extended. Uh, I know there's always talk about uh uh, forgiving a, a broad swath or some amount of, of debt. I know uh, there already is in law where you're able to, if you work uh, in, in in a public sector and in a qualifying job, you'll be able to uh, forgive your student loans in full within 10 year uh, at the 10 year mark of working in that uh, particular field. Um, that I've talked with folks who are pursuing that approach uh, to try to extinguish a six-figure uh, loan balance, um, and then th- that obviously has a completely different implication in terms of what they do. Uh, they might be working more for a government or nonprofit type role versus something that's in the private sector, and they could command a higher salary. Uh, it comes with you know just uh, that's a very big portion of your life to uh, go in one direction or another, um, and so there, there's a lot of pieces around that. Not to mention different loan types, uh, repayment types, income-based repayment types, um, you know, the standards about 10 years to repay your student loans. Um, 
going from, for example, federal uh, loans to a private loan. Interest rates, as, as we've been talking about, are at historic lows. And so going from a a uh, federal loan would forgive, uh, or, or you would be, um, let's say they were going to do another forbearance some years in the future. Uh, hard to say that they would, but if they did, then you may not necessarily, you may still have to pay your 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 uh, student loan back because the private lender may not necessarily participate in that, um, and they don't have to uh, mm-hmm. unless there's some new law that comes comes around the corner. So um, th- there's, and then there's also. In the income-based repayment, not all lenders offer the ability of, hey, maybe I switch down to a role that uh, pays a little less and I, I can't afford these payments anymore. Um, if you did do refinancing to a private lender, uh, you wouldn't have that capability. Um, or the, the fact that if you did want to go back to school, that does pause uh, the federal payments. Um you wouldn't have that capability either. So it can be very attractive just from a pure numbers sense of saying, okay, uh, hey, my, my federal loans are six or 8% um, and I can refinance them and get them into say uh, three, 4%, something like that. Uh, that clearly will, will be a, a very advantageous from an interest uh, payment uh, mm-hmm. savings. But the uh, overall facts and circumstances, uh, it's a lot more of a complicated answer to try to figure out, uh, does it make sense to just make that wholesale shift because your payments may be much different and the lifestyle and so forth that I just talked about. So so where should people go or how should they kind of learn more about all these different programs and all the kind of rules and kind of gu- regulations that kind of cover both federal and private loans and the differences between them? Yeah, good question. I, I think going, uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's a very simple uh advice but but starting with what exactly do you have like what is your payment uh a lot of times folks got got a lot of different uh loans that they took out uh, over many different semesters for student uh, for the for college and in grad school and so forth and so um just giving a, getting a good sense of okay what is I've got some that are maybe at a higher interest rate and some that maybe are a lower interest rate. Maybe it could make sense for me to just refinance the ones that are the higher interest rate and and know, okay, am I on an income-based repayment plan or am I paying am I paying down principal uh, as well? Um, heck, I, I know uh, there there's a strategy where uh, some folks, um, let's say a married couple that both have student loans and that income-based repayment plan, and let's say that they're pursuing the public loan forgiveness uh, pathway, both of them, mm-hmm. um, the the payment that they have to make is based on 10% of their adjusted gross income. Mm-hmm. Now, one strategy would was, oh, well, married filing you should file married filing separately so you're only showing just your income rather mm, than the joint mm. income because that that total amount that they have to pay is less mm-hmm. and then they go back and re and, and re-amend their their return to do merely fi- filing jointly because uh uh the, the the tax brackets are much more favorable for those that are filing married filing jointly versus married filing separately you get crushed on the mfs uh, filing so um yeah I, I just bring up this nuance because again there's a lot of different elements to, to think about but yeah getting a good uh, understanding of where you st- stand um going to places like a, a nerd wallet or um equivalent bank right i believe has has some of those as well that kind of see all right what are the private lenders um uh offering at this point and um if you're really serious you could go and get and get again because there'll they'll likely be ranges you know you can get anywhere from two percent to ten percent uh it depends on the 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 
term in which you repay. They have like five, 10, 15 years. So um, there, there's also, and then of course, the longer the term, 15 year, the, the probably the higher the interest rate that is, the lower the term, the, so, but the higher the payment, the lower the term, lower the interest rate. So there's all sorts of levers that you can pull. And so um, I, I, it's like just one giant plug for NerdWallet, but they have a good <laughs> uh, refinancing, uh, re, a student loan refinance calculator that you can put in your information and, and get a better sense of um, what it could look like before you go forward with something like that. So, um, yeah, it's, again, it's a very attractive time to to do that. Um, thankfully, again, a lot of times uh, folks are don't, uh, well, if you have a federal loan and, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what the, the Congress and, and administration do uh, on that front. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on on them uh, forgiving broad swaths of of uh, student loan and try to come up with a plan. And uh, if they do, okay, great. But come up with a plan uh, where it, it optimizes your situation. Now there may be a situation uh, as we talk about all these different types of loans and, and and how to pay them down. There may be a situation where you need to just maybe you need more help. Maybe it's just uh, at a point where there's just too much and you don't know where to start. Um, maybe we talk a little bit more about where folks can go if they need a higher level of, of, of service than beyond what they can do themselves. Sure. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I know of those resources, so I'm going to kind of defer to you, but I assume you're talking about maybe a sort of a, like a counselor or something like that or someone to help. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of, of of different types of folks that can help. You always have to do your due diligence, no matter what. And there can be some uh, predatory folks in this space as well, mm. um, where they're debt settlement companies that'll come in and say, "Okay, we'll we'll help you settle your debt, and then you just pay us or whatever sum of money." But they end up charging you even more. Um, you just you have to make sure that you lay out and understand exactly how these people help. There's others that are credit counselors that can help you understand and and almost like financial planners where they're advising or financial coaches. Uh, I mean, both of which can help you there. Um, but uh, they specialize in understanding exactly where you should uh, focus your efforts. Um, and, and the other thing too, I'll say, and, and, and uh, I think, I think there's a lot to say about the psychology of money. Yeah. And understanding that aspect of it, so I, I wouldn't be—I would advocate too for maybe a psychologist, a therapist, sure. um, to, to to get maybe you've got a couple of folks in your uh, to 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 help you. Um, there are also some tech forward uh, companies that can help. Um, I had some colleagues go and work for a company called Resolve, where mm -hmm. they specialize in helping get you on the right path and developing a plan to, to help you pay down your debt. I think you had mentioned uh, tally at one point. Uh, is that something you're familiar with and speak to a little bit more? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't used it myself. Um, I am familiar with it. I believe, um, they sort of allow you to connect multiple of your credit cards or, or yeah, if you have, if you have credit card loans, I think you can connect them and they may even support other types of loans. And if you, if you let it and allow it, it can choose uh, which loans to, to pay off for you, um, like kind of the order. So you kind of tell it how much money you want to contribute and it will decide which ones to pay, pay off for you. Um, I think they also do offer some sort of balance transfer or something like that. You can decide to kind of consolidate your multiple credit card loans and take out a single loan from them. Um, <clears throat> I think, I guess one thing we didn't mention too, is that the, the benefit of the consolidation too actually is potentially simplification, right? If you have three or four different credit cards with balances and having 
to make minimum payments on each of them. And it can be kind of, um, you know, a little bit of uh, overhead. And so consolidating them, even if the interest rate that you're getting is only a little bit better, is just might, might be worth it just for the simplification and having a single, you know, financial institution that you need to interact with and pay off, pay. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Again, automation, let that work for you and, and consolidation, make things easier, simplify things. Um, this is another one I don't have. I have had a, a couple of clients mentioned to me, but uh, I don't have much experience myself digging into this. But uh, it's a company called Truebill uh, that goes through and looks at your subscriptions and does some analysis on your spending and uh, also has apparently folks that can help you uh, negotiate bills. So uh, maybe that's another uh, place to, to look at from a tech forward uh, perspective sure. and i'm sure there's more out there that we just don't uh uh have uh, knowledge around but uh, are, are helping folks so um yeah th those are those are elements um credit counselor debt settlements um you know debt relief uh it could also just be communicating with the lender itself or with the person you owe the bill to and try to see if there's a way to work out something as well um uh, just just being open and honest and and you know i'm sure um because it gets to a point too where when you talk about uh if you're really delinquent then they end up selling sell, potentially selling it to uh just writing off that and selling it that for pennies on the dollar of the debt and so then that might be a debt collecting company um which is a uh not a fun place to be at because they are sharks and they just continue to you know if they make anything they're 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 winning so um again not not to say you should be afraid of those folks but uh um you know it's it's just good to have uh a conversation with with uh, the the people that uh, you might owe money to, and you're not able to make those. Um, I know, especially during the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, programs that private companies had offered uh, to help folks uh, as they as they weather the storm financially. So, um, yeah, that's uh, definitely stuff stuff to look into. Um, anyway, so we talked about a lot of different elements on the debt side and, and practical strategies to, to pay that down and think about it, frameworks and so forth. Um, Lauren, any closing thoughts as we uh, kind of wrap this uh, episode up um, in your mind that, that kind of stood out? Yeah, I would just say it's um, if you have a, a significant amount of debt, like treat it as a, as a marathon, not a sprint, and uh, try to find an approach or a system that allows you to make kind of consistent, steady progress and, and don't try to pay it all off really, really quickly because it's going to be hard to, I think, to stick with that. So, yeah, find a system that works for you and, and make steady progress and um, stick with it. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Again, the, the automation is is huge one. Um, understanding where you're at in the first place and how much money you've got um, left over each month, and, and and trying to make progress on that front too can help you uh, with that snowball or avalanche uh, uh, effect in in paying down your debt. So, um, anyways, we're we're curious uh, from you. Is there any uh, stories? Have you paid down a lot of debt, or or anything that you've heard of, or any any uh, dare I say hacks that have worked for yourself, uh, let us know. We're, we're always curious and, and want to know how we can, uh, help even more and maybe illuminate some of those, those strategies that we maybe didn't touch on. Um, feel free to drop us a line at, uh, feedback at maxfinancepodcast.com. Again, that's uh, feedback at maxfinancepodcast.com. Um, anyways, uh, next time, a new, new subject, new topic and, uh, stay tuned and, uh, we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thanks everybody.
We're a new podcast, and it would mean the world to us if you took a moment to write a review in the Apple Podcasts app or share this episode with a friend or family member. We'd like to hear from you. Is there a topic you're interested in? Have feedback more generally? Email us at feedback at maxfinancepodcast.com. Thanks, and see you next time.